Today, I'd like to begin with a simple ask of you. If you're listening to this podcast in the days and weeks after the World Health Organization declared the novel coronavirus outbreak a pandemic, chances are you can help our frontline healthcare workers by practicing social distancing and reducing the chances of transmission. Especially if you live in a densely populated urban environment, please, please, Avoid gathering in public spaces and try to stay at home for a bit. I know it's not easy, but you absolutely can help reduce the viral transmission and save lives. Thank you. Welcome to Audiobook Reviews in 5. This is Jana, also known as Yana, and today I'm reviewing The Great Influenza, the epic story of the deadliest plague in history by John M. Barry, narrated by Scott Frick. The scale and the numbers associated with The 1918 pandemic always stopped me in my tracks. From January 1918 to December 1920, with the worst month being October of 1918, the virus infected about 27% of the world's population, then approximately 500 million people, and it killed between 50 to 100 million people. So take a moment to consider this. The 1918 pandemic killed more people in a year than the Black Death in the Middle Ages killed in 100 years. The 1918 pandemic killed more people in 24 weeks than AIDS killed in 24 years. Although this book was published in 2006, It seems to be one of the most comprehensive overviews of the topic, and I wanted to listen to this in the context of all the COVID-19 and coronavirus news. I would have preferred more of a, a global survey approach to the pandemic, but as Barry tends to focus almost exclusively on the American experience, this also happened to be one of the most highly rated audiobooks on the topic, and it's very well researched. Barry is not a scientist, however. He's a historian who happens to have written on influenza. However, his research is so well-respected that he was appointed to the federal government's official board of experts on infectious disease, and he now serves on the faculty of the Tulane University School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine. On March 10th, 2020, Barry was quoted in the Washington Examiner saying coronavirus will be very, very bad. And he's also urged President Trump to stop making pronouncements on the disease itself and instead push public health professionals front and center to be the only official government spokespeople on the outlook for and handling of the virus. Going back to 1918, There's still dispute about the pandemic's exact geographic origin, but many of you already know it was not Spain. The three current accepted sources of the disease are northern China, 
a British army base in France, and Kansas in the United States. And Barry focuses on the Kansas origin hypothesis. It was named the Spanish flu because the Spanish press were the first to widely report on the outbreak. And because the disease emerged several years into the First World War, most countries at the time heavily censored their press and they prevented news of the pandemic from publication. What you may not realize is that throughout 1918, there were actually two waves of the virus, and it was the second wave of the Spanish flu that was the deadliest. Carried home to America by soldiers returning from Europe, the increasingly lethal virus spread first from Boston to New York and Philadelphia before traveling west to infect panic populations from St. Louis to San Francisco. Barry goes into a lot of detail about Philadelphia specifically. This city failed to heed medical recommendations and they actually held a parade attended by about 200,000 people, which contributed to the widespread outbreak of the flu in that city. Many homes at the time were also extremely crowded, with laborers even sharing beds and sleeping in shifts. And so the details in this section of the book are quite gruesome at times and very grim. There's a description of bodies stacked from floor to ceiling in the morgue-like cordwood. And towards the worst part of the pandemic, bodies remained in homes for days without anyone to bring them to the morgue or bury them. Various governments responded with new laws Like in New York State, coughing or sneezing could get you a year in jail and a $500 fine. Barry shares other examples that help illustrate just how devastating the virus was. Each week in the Journal of the American Medical Association, hundreds of obituaries of doctors filled the pages. Barry postulates that World War I didn't cause a suicide epidemic. Instead, He theorizes that due to the long-lasting effects of inflammation, there was greater risk of depression and anxiety and personality disorders following the period. And based on recent research around depression and inflammation, that theory may hold water. But by the end of 1920, the virus essentially lost its punch. It mutated to a less lethal strain. And although the 1918 flu pandemic didn't completely die out until 1920, when it did, part of the reason, Barry says, is that it was due to people developing immunity to it. So what you might be hearing in the news now is often called herd immunity. And part was due to the mutations of that strain of flu that made it less deadly. As of now, we have no way of knowing with coronavirus, whether mutations will similarly work in our favor. The hard copy of this book is around 550 pages, and the audiobook is 19 hours and 26 minutes, so it's not a light read by any means. And criticism of the book definitely focuses on how extensive the background of medical history is, and initially that put me off even starting to listen to this, but I'm glad I persevered, because... While it's true that there is a lot of medical and political history to provide full context, what totally made this listen worth it for me was the narrator. Scott Brick is a rock star in the world of audiobook narration. 
He's read more than a whopping 800 recorded titles in the last 20 years, and I instantly recognized his voice from um, recent forays into Eric Larson, Truman Capote, and Michael Pollan audiobooks. And I fully admit, again, this isn't a book for everyone, but the audiobook format works exceptionally well because of Brick's narration. So in my opinion, this guy, he knows how to hold your attention. So if you're interested in this book, the audiobook format is definitely the way to go. Now, my remaining question that isn't really answered in this book is why this part of our history wasn't taught more extensively or why we don't even talk about this pandemic so much. I remember spending weeks studying World War I, but maybe just one afternoon or one lesson on this pandemic. And I looked this up. I tried to, to get some context. There's some discussion that says this was such a dark period that people wanted to forget it. It lacked active engagement, such as what you might have during a war. And it was so grim and, and people felt so powerless that they simply wanted to put it behind them. And I can relate to that as I sit here in March of 2020, but I'm sure many of you agree that we could be so much better prepared for what's coming right now. But as Gina Colada points out in her March 10th New York Times article, the 1918 pandemic killed those who were in the prime of their life. So often people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, rather than the older people that are associated with having weakened conditions and, and vulnerabilities, as is the case with COVID-19. And while the fearful atmosphere, surgical masks, stockpiling of food and avoidance of public gatherings, and the potential economic ramifications are like those of 1918, the medical reality is quite different. And also, for our economy, it's different too. The effects of the 1918 flu, despite factory closings and social disruptions, were really hard to disentangle from the profound effects of the First World War. The world was also not as interconnected as it is today. That said, I believe we all have an immediate and important role to play in slowing the spread of the current pandemic. This is absolutely not business as usual. Please understand that. Our greatest advantage is our access to good reporting and information that we can use to protect ourselves and our communities. In some ways, this is the world war of our era. And although the ask is so far limited to elements like social distancing and self-isolation, we should be prepared to do more should we be called upon to do so. And in the meantime, if you're stuck at home and feeling bored or feeling worried and anxious, it's a great time to read more or listen to audiobooks while you take a break from the news. That's all for this double-length episode of Audiobook Reviews in 5. I hope it gave you another perspective on our current state, and I look forward to checking in with you all again soon. 